So this message is all about waiting on God, and as we do wait on God, we experience God's grace in our lives. We experience His hand of grace. We experience His hand of empowering. I don't know about you, but I can do with more of the Lord's grace in my life. I can do with more of His empowering hand. And there's this thing locked up in Scripture about waiting and being dependent and looking and longing and having our expectation of the Lord and and being still before the Lord that unlocks certain things in our lives. The scripture reads in Matthew 11, verse 28, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Would you say the word rest? rest? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. Aren't you glad that that's the Lord's heart? I'm gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find, what's that word? Rest. We need it. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I don't know what you think about this passage of scripture. I simply love it. I'm so glad this passage of scripture is in the Bible. When you read it, it's as though even just in the reading of it, like a breath of fresh air just comes over you. Come to me, the Lord says. I'll give you rest. You'll find rest for your soul. The same passage in the, version, in the, um, the message version reads as follows. It's also on your screen. It says, are you tired? Worn out, burnt out on religion. That's interesting. Come to me. Get away with me and you, you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Say those four words with me unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That phrase, unforced rhythms of grace, I discovered it a bunch of years back as I was reading through the message on this particular passage, And I really admire, I really like those four words, unforced rhythms of grace. It's as though Eugene Peterson, in putting that paraphrase translation together, perhaps the Lord gave him a special little moment of something to describe, which would be so poetic and so beautiful, the unforced rhythms of grace. Some people have rhythm, other people I've discovered do not have rhythm and they clap it all in the wrong time and they're in the joyful noise category. I'm not looking at anybody in particular, but, <laughs> but you have fun anyhow in the joyful noise category. But you know what? I believe that there is a rhythm of heaven. There's a rhythm of grace. And daily you and I need to choose, are we gonna align ourselves with the rhythm of earth? Or we're going to be transformed according to the renewing of our mind that we may prove what is that perfect and acceptable rhythm of God. (laughs) 
And so there's a rhythm of heaven. And I want to be living my life in tune, in step with the rhythm of heaven. There was a song by the Vineyard Music Group that came out a bunch of years ago. It's called The Rhythm of Heaven. And the words go like this, can you feel the rhythm of heaven bringing freedom as we sing? And I remember listening to that song. Can you feel the rhythm of heaven bringing freedom as we sing? Come on. Can you feel the rhythm of heaven bringing freedom as we sing? Now you got to get your hips moving. Can you feel the rhythm of heaven? And I thought to myself, I'm listening to this song. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm listening to this song and I'm thinking, wow, I, I, something's jelling with my heart. I'm feeling there is a rhythm of heaven. God, I want to be in step with your rhythm. Lord, help me to be listening to the rhythm of heaven. Another verse we'd like to look at, it's Isaiah 40, verse 28 to 31, and it says the following. Have you not known, have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. Now, I don't know about you, but we all get weary, don't we? How many of you had less than three hours sleep last night? You. You're only 16. <laughs> You're a little younger than that. You should be sleeping longer. But you know what? If you don't sleep, you don't function well. Am I right? Some of you say, Pastor, you're preaching about my husband right now. He's grumpy this morning. Yes, yay, even yay. <laughs> but you know what? We need a rest. And yeah, God is the one who never faints nor is weary. Isn't that amazing? He doesn't sleep. He doesn't have a bed that he gets into and a nightlight that he switches off at night. He can never switch off. He is the light of the world and so it says there, his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. I love that. Even the youth shall fail and be weary, shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Three things I want to touch on regarding the scriptures that we have read. Number one, we all get tired and weary, but God can renew our strength. Won't you say that with me? We all get tired and weary, but God can renew our strength. Do you believe that he strengthens you? Do you believe that even right now he is here to strengthen you through the declaring of his word, through the atmosphere of his presence right now? He loves to strengthen his people. He loves to lift, lift up his people. And I've discovered that even the strongest people in this world get, time, get tired at times. You might look at somebody at work and you think, gee, they seem to have boundless, endless energy. Let me tell you, they too get tired. Everyone gets tired. But God has the strength that never diminishes. His power never runs out. It is eternally there. It is eternally there in the fullest possible form. He never grows tired and weary. I remember I was 
in one of my dad's pastor's meetings. I was a young, young pastor, 21 years of age, thought I knew a lot because I'd just come out of Bible college. And here, we were about 25 in the meeting. My dad is busy speaking, and he's talking about this passage that, that God renews our strength, strength and causes us to mount up with wings like eagles, and it was so encouraging. And as I'm listening to him, I think, yeah, I've got something to add. I've got something to add. I thought I was going to impress and you know. And I said, you know what that means? We should never get tired, ever, because we're continually strengthened by the Lord. And uh, my comment went down like a lead balloon, and my dad said, we should never get tired. Well, that's perhaps in a perfect world. <laughs> Anyhow, ouch, I slipped. But dad was right, because we all do get tired. We're not living in a perfect world, but the good news is that God strengthens you. And I want to say to you today, if you're feeling weary, don't beat yourself up about it. Don't feel less spiritual. Don't be disheartened. It happens to every one of us. It happens to me. It happens to all of us. But just allow God to strengthen you today. And it says in Isaiah 40, 30 to 31, even the youths shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, let me just say, how practically is our strength renewed? Our strength is renewed by tapping into the strength that never diminishes. Imagine if you came before the Lord and asking the Lord to strengthen you, and he said, unfortunately, the strength is in short supply today. I don't have enough for you as well. That would be disheartening. But the Lord's strength never diminishes. And so therefore, when you come to God, you can be assured that he is ready to empower you. God's word says that I am an ever-present help in time of need. When you need strength, God is ever-present to make sure that he can strengthen you. Won't you say this after me? God's strength, God's strength. is my source of strength. Now say to the person next to you, he strengthens you. Tell them that, he strengthens you. Number two, God's intention is that his children would soar like eagles. Please say that with me. God's intention is that his children would soar like eagles. And that's what the scripture says, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength and then it says they shall mount up with wings like eagles. This is God's intention for you, that yes, there may be times when you're feeling weak and you somewhat run down, but then you come to the Lord and He takes you to the place of soaring. He takes you to the place of victory. If you look at the picture of that eagle on the screen, doesn't it just give a sense of, wow, that's a beautiful place to be in, a place of victory. And so I want to say that in God's eyes, you are an eagle. I believe that God sees you as an eagle. What would be the opposite of an eagle? Perhaps a turkey? I don't know. Gobble, gobble. A turkey would perhaps be the opposite. God doesn't see you like a turkey trying to flap around, get off the ground, and you can't do it. By the way, have you heard of that phrase, how do you soar with eagles when you work with turkeys? <laughs> how many of you can say, I work with turkeys? No, please don't put up your hands. <laughs> Especially not if you're on staff here at the church. You may not put up your hand. 
But the question is, how do you see yourself? I've discovered that many lovely Christians see themselves as less than. They see themselves with a low self-image and God doesn't want us to see ourselves like that. Because let me tell you, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. You are born of God. On the day you became born again, you became born of God. And what happened in that moment is you received the DNA of an overcomer. And the overcomer is you, that eagle, rising to new heights. And I want to say to you, God does not want you to be groveling. He's made you to soar. And so it's important that we see ourselves as victorious eagles. Only then will we stop flapping about frantically and begin to soar. Now, some interesting facts about eagles. Firstly, aren't they majestic birds? Eagles are majestic. They are striking. They are magnificent when you look at them. When I was a kid, I remember in our school assembly, there was a gentleman that came who looked after you know, birds of prey, and some of it was a rehabilitation aspect, and he came into our assembly with an eagle, and when you actually see an eagle outside of the nature environment, just in a hall, you suddenly are suitably impressed as you look at this eagle. It's a magnificent looking bird, and at one point, the eagle flew from one part of the hall and came down to the front and landed on the, the keeper's arm. It was amazing to see. And I just realized these birds are impressive. God has likened you and what he wants you to be experiencing to something which is impressive. They have amazing eyesight, eight times sharper than humans. They have powerful feet and talons that can grip like a vice. Their beaks can slash and tear their food. But let me tell you, most of all, eagles are built for flying. That's what they do. Eagles are built for flying. And I want to say to you that you are built to fly. The wingspan of an eagle is about eight feet. And do you know that they can reach incredible speeds of up to 180 kilometers per hour? Next time you're doing 120, and make sure it's 120, on the highway, stick your head out the window and see how fast that is. And hopefully you don't get any bugs in your face. 180 is even a lot faster than that. Magnificent birds. Allow me to read the following to you. Eagles do not fly like sparrows or robins. Most birds fly through the air by flapping their wings, but an eagle cannot flap very long. They are built for soaring. And thus, they can go much further on little energy. God created our planet with invisible columns of hot air called thermals, rising here and there from the surface of the earth. Eagles find these thermals, fly into the invisible current, stretch out their wings, and are lifted higher and higher into the sky, almost as if into the heavens. They may rise as high as 14,000 feet, so high that they cannot be seen by the naked eye from earth. And when they reach those heights, they emerge from the updraft, wings still spread out, and they soar this way and that way downwards and sideways, traveling for miles and miles with very little exertion of their strength. Like the invisible thermals of this planet, God is present for his people. 
The strength that you and I need for victorious Christian living comes not from frantically flapping our little wings, but here it is. It comes from trusting in God. It comes from resting in Christ, and it comes from waiting on the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? And so I want to say to you that God provides thermals to lift you up. Would you steer your wings and allow God to lift you in those thermals? He loves to lift his people higher and higher. And he says, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. Can you say amen? Amen. Say this after me. Lord Jesus, I spread out my wings today. Please lift me in your thermals in Jesus' name. There's another scripture in Isaiah 30, verse 15 to 18. I'm not going to read it all, but I found that these scriptures about waiting on God, strength being renewed, about come to me, I'll give you rest, rest for your soul, and also a scripture like this, Isaiah 30, 15 to 18, there's all a thread which goes through all of them. I don't have time to read this whole scripture to you, but basically, it says in the first part, it says, in returning and rest you shall be saved. And then I love this phrase, in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Say that phrase with me, in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. And then the last line, blessed are all those who wait for him. And just before that, it says at verse 18, it says, therefore the Lord will wait. That's unusual. Think about that. Therefore, the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. I've discovered that the Lord waits for you to wait upon him. And then he pours out his grace and he pours out his strength. But sometimes he's just waiting for you to be still before him. Number three, the last point. The moment you become still and wait on God, he begins to speak to you. This is my experience, and I believe that many of you would say the same thing. The moment you just have that little quiet moment alone with the Lord, just kind of sitting down and just chilling before the Lord and just becoming prayerful, I've discovered the moment you become still and wait on God is the moment He starts to speak. It's the moment He starts to replenish your soul. It's the moment He starts to fill you up. Don't tell me you don't hear God's voice. That's a lie from the devil. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. And the moment we place ourselves in that place, we begin to hear the whispers of heaven. We begin to hear the rhythm of heaven as God gets the rhythm going and we begin to hear it and we begin to tune in to the rhythm of heaven. Psalm 46 verse 10. Be still. Lord, but it's so hard. Lord, didn't you mean that for the early church? Now, maybe not for us anymore. Lord, have you seen how busy my schedule is? Have you seen how busy? Be still. But Lord, just be quiet, my son. Be still. Just be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Listen to this statement. One of the ways in which a man brings the most trouble upon himself is by his inability to be still. That's by Pascal. Could it be that we actually bring problems because we're not being still? We're running ahead in our own steam and God's saying, no, no, no. 
But I believe the reality is that God is always speaking to us. But we're not always in a position to receive. And that's why many times when you put your head on the pillow at night, you start to hear some whispers from the Lord. Why? Because for a moment, you are being still. I often find you just put your head on the pillow and you're not even specifically now waiting on God, but you're just being still. There's something just about that stillness and God just begins to drop things into your heart and suddenly you're thinking about something and there's wisdom which is beyond your wisdom and it's God's voice. In terms of myself, I have a chair in my study it's uh, facing the window, looks out over the window and out of the garden, and there's a bird bath down there, and sometimes the birds are frolicking. And so there I sit, and I often find that the very moment I just begin to sit with the Lord. I don't have a long prayer list that I begin to pray into because I try not be religious in my quiet time. I just want to be relational. relational. I just want to be with the Lord. And so here... I just take a few moments, begin to sit on that chair, begin to just say, Lord, I love you. Thank you that I can be with you. Lord, speak to me now. Lord, there's so much busy happening. Please give me wisdom. And next thing, the Lord begins to download. He begins to speak. How many of you have also experienced that the Lord speaks to you like that? Raise a hand if that's you. Many hands going up. That's wonderful. The statement by Lance Varner reads the following. Waiting on God is not an imaginary escape from reality, but an awareness that our real lives are beyond the reach of circumstances hidden with Christ. And so I wanna to say to you folks that God is so gracious. He's looking to be gracious to you. He's waiting. And as you just come before him and place yourself in a position of receiving, he pours out his grace upon you. He's ready to refresh your soul if you'll just give him a gap. And so I'd like to suggest to you that in the couple of weeks that lie ahead, which is for many a holiday time, I'd like to suggest to you that you look for some of those quiet moments where you can just steal away and be with the Lord. And as you just sit quietly before the Lord, just open up your heart to him. Let me tell you, he guarantees you that he will strengthen you and he will cause you to be lifted up on wings like eagles. And so I speak the strength of the Lord to his people today. I declare over your life that you are an eagle, that you have been expressly created to soar on the thermals, not to flap frantically. And I pray that you would experience in the next weeks that lie ahead that God is lifting you. You know that song that says, you raise me up, you raise me up? I want to tell you, God raises you up on the thermals of his presence. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Now, before we close in prayer, I said that I'd like to have an opportunity to pray for people. Please don't leave at this time unless you're part of the hospitality team. Pastors, would you please come to the front? The wives are welcome shepherds, as well as life group leaders, would you come now, quickly, quickly, come up now. Come stand in the front and face the people. And then I'm gonna invite you who would like to be prayed for, that you would also come to the front, but that you would face the stage and form a long line across the front here. Maybe you just want somebody to pray with you today. 
And here's your opportunity. So if you would like prayer, come now. Come right now. And you stand across the front facing. I'll dismiss the service in a moment, so please just be patient. Because if I dismiss now, then people can't come to the front. Anybody else, if you'd like prayer, come now. Come now. Come now. Take advantage of this opportunity. I'm going to give you one minute to come to the front, and then we'll close in prayer. Ushers, please keep an eye on the door that nobody leaves at this time. We're just respecting that people are coming to the front to be prayed for. And now leaders, before you begin to pray, we're just going to close the service in prayer, just as those last few folks are coming to the front. We might need a few more of our life group leaders and or shepherds as they come into the front. Folks, congregation, would you just bow your heads as we pray. Dear Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for words of life that have come from your word. And we say that we look to you. We rest in you. And we declare that you are the one that strengthens us. So Lord, thank you that we can stretch out our wings and declare that the Lord is lifting us. He's lifting us up to where we belong. And I thank you that what you do today, you do by your Spirit. And I declare the victory of the Lord over your people. I say the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his smile upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name.